Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future Brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets. Live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Hi, it's Prime Cuts, the best of Colin Coward podcast. Great week. Dave Wanstat weighed in on the Steelers quarterback battle. If two is prime for a breakout year, and what the heck are we getting with Justin Fields? Vikings analyst, former linebacker for Minnesota, Ben Lieber, elaborated on his reporting about the rift between Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. And Alan Shipnuck, author of the new book, Phil, about Phil Mickelson. Unique insight on lefties move to the live tour. But first, my top takes of the week. I saw this story, and I think it's worth talking about. Um, ben Lieber is a current sideline reporter. He's a former Minnesota Viking. One of my constant themes has been, I think, over the last year, and if you watch The Herd uh, on TV or listen on radio, about how the game is changing. Quarterbacks make more. They want more. Uh, the, it's an offensive league. Pete Carroll has struggled. He struggled with Russ. Belichick last couple of years with Brady. Um, Brian Flores got fired, struggled with Tua. And I was told after the season this year, I think it was after the season, from somebody I trusted uh, in the Minnesota kind of ecosystem, um, that 
Zimmer and Kirk Cousins really had a chilly, chilly relationship. And so Ben Lieber, the former Viking linebacker, came out this weekend and said Mike Zimmer did not like Kirk Cousins. And it's interesting because the Vikings defense last year was ranked 30th and Kirk Cousins offense was ranked 12th. And the Vikings only had one double digit loss all season. Do you know that's the fewest in the NFL? Um, they had eight one possession losses. That was the most in the NFL, two more than any other team. That's why I picked the Vikings this year to be my surprise team in the NFL. 13, 14 wins. I think they're going to be great. Um, they got the tall Sean McVay as their new coach. This is what I've been saying about Pete and Bill and Vic Fangio. And I think Carson Wentz is going to hear this from Ron Rivera is that the culture's changed. Quarterbacks make more. They want to be respected more. Uh, and they want more of a voice. And, you know, it's funny about Kirk Cousins. Does he have a lower ceiling? Yes. Does he shrink? But if you look at the Vikings last year, and I want you to look at them this year, outside of the game at Buffalo, their schedule's very favorable. The tougher games are mostly at home. And their road games are very winnable at Philly, at the Saints, at the Dolphins, at the Commanders. Um, really winnable games. But I think more than that, if you've ever had a boss who was rigid, and I think Zimmer's a good coach, but a little rigid, and you didn't think he trusted you, I absolutely think it affects performance. And I think Kirk Cousins whose personality can shrink in big games anyway. If you look at their season last year, they lost a couple of overtime games. They were just not very good late. And I think that's going to be the game changer, is that Minnesota is has a Kirk got a little contract extension. He's got an offensive coach. The offensive coach is a fresh set of eyes and ears. And my takeaway is this story by Ben Lieber, the former Viking linebacker, is something I heard last year, which is, and it, it's not like some, uh, you know, Jay Glazer scoop here, but Zimmer and Kirk Cousins just did not connect. And I think that's the greatest challenge for defensive coaches is that I still think many of the principles of a defensive coach win, but things are changing and it's becoming more of an offensive game and you got to lighten up. Um, in fact, you know, I had Cooper Cup on. He said he wishes Sean McVay was meaner. You know, these Zach Taylors, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, good listeners, very much about the psychology and elevating quarterbacks, making quarterbacks feel comfortable. Uh, it matters. And I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a big year. I think the Vikings are going to have an exceptional year. And I'm going to go out on a limb, 13 and four or 14 and three. I know you think I'm out of my mind. Don't trust the Bears. Don't trust the Lions. And they have always, since Kirk Cousins has been there, they have always played Aaron Rodgers straight up. Men who are well compensated and have been in positions of power do not like losing it. I remember Joan Collins, probably in her 80s now as an actress. She had a line once that made me laugh. She said, it's much harder to age when you're beautiful. She said, if you're average looking in age, it's not a drop off. She goes, when you're stunning and get old, it's really painful. Yes, there's a great deal of vanity in that quote. But the same thing 
is true for power. Once you've had it, you don't want to lose it. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, they don't like having less control over kids. So Kirby Smart said this week, got to be careful about the name image likeness. He said, you know, freshman, sophomore making 120000 a year. He said, if you'd have given me $120,000 a year, my first year or two in college, I certainly wouldn't be the Georgia coach. So the insinuation is kids that have some money growing up don't work as hard. That's funny, but Steph Curry grew up with money. And Clay Thompson grew up with money. And a lot of the NBA stars had dads who were athletes. Same in the NFL. Kobe Bryant grew up. His dad was a pro athlete, grew up in Italy. He was the hardest working guy, arguably, for a generation. I don't believe the only people who work hard are people that don't grow up with anything. I mean, if you look at our political dynasties, the Bush family, you think it's easy being a president, a governor, running for political office? I don't buy it. The idea that if kids have money early, they won't work as hard later in life. There's just no data to prove it. The second thing is, I give my kids, and I have since they were fairly young, an allowance. Started with 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month. They get into high school, it's a couple hundred a month. College, it's even more. Why do I do that? Well, because I want to see how my kids handle money. And I'm fortunate. My daughter's always been a saver. She likes to travel, but she's a saver. My son, he'll buy some stuff on Amazon. He's a techie kid. He too, similarly, likes to save. So I trust them with money later on. And I'm also watching them develop an understanding of what money is and what money does. Could I not make the argument that so many athletes professionally blow through their first big contract, that the NIL is a protective mechanism? You give a kid $125,000 as a sophomore in college, yeah, probably going to buy a car, a lot of clothes, a cool watch. He'll probably blow through it. And then he'll go, wow, that dried up fast. And he'll have a greater understanding of money without literally blowing millions and millions. Money can be a weapon. It can be a teaching tool. I like the idea of the NIL being sort of baby steps into greater money for professional athletes. We've all seen the documentaries through the years broke. ESPN did that one about how many athletes are out of money. Many had never had money. They'd never had a financial advisor. They'd literally never talked to about it with a coach, a friend, an ally. NIL is baby steps into professional money, which let's be honest, it's overwhelming. <laughs> what would you have done? NBA, NFL, baseball player getting millions of dollars at 23. I know what I would have done. Bought an El Camino and put a kegger in the back and rocked all night long and been broke very quickly. This baseball season turned K's into cash. Big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Okay, right now, new customers. Step up to the plate, no sweat first bet, up to a thousand bucks. Here it is. Sign up, place your first bet. FanDuel will give you, listen to this, up to a thousand bucks back in free bets if you don't win. You get paid fast, it's safe and secure, 
Great promotions every day. No better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Always use the promo code Colin to get the deal. Get you started. It's called No Sweat First Bet, up to $1,000. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, he's one of my favorite people. Dave Wonstadt, former Bearhead coach and Dolphins head coach, won a Super Bowl with Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys, college coach, now an analyst for the Big Ten Network, former USC defensive line coach. I want to talk about the Bears because you, you coach there and have you're on the air in Chicago. Um, so they have a new GM and a new coach, and that GM didn't draft Justin Fields. And that coach is a defensive coach. And Fields, I think, is a big talent. But I do think he can be mistake prone. And you know, as a defensive coach, you guys see the world through a different prism. And I'm interested, um, if you inherited a quarterback, didn't draft him. He's not your guy, right? It's much easier to come in and go, by Thanksgiving, this ain't working. (laughs) Say to the owner, do you think it hurts Justin Fields a little bit that this isn't the group that brought him in? I, I I really appreciate your comment, Colin, of saying I see it through a different prism rather than saying you defensive coaches are boring, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously. But I'll I tell you what's going on right here. And, uh, you know, the, they're changing the defense, first of all. Let's, and we'll get to Justin Fields. But for our, our, our viewers, our listeners, 
they're going from a traditional 3-4 to a 4-3. And Matt Eberflus, the head coach, he has that Tampa Bay, actually what we did at the Cowboys and did at the Dolphins, a 4-3 mentality. So they're they're going to juggle it around. And everybody's saying, you know, the Bears are publicly are coming out and saying, we're not Re, we're not rebuilding, uh, you know, and, that, and that's cliche. You know, everyone wants to say we're just reloading. Barry Switzer could say that at Oklahoma, reloading, and he and it it, it worked. But but they're they're be rebuilding, and I think it's a great decision by the general manager, you know, Ryan Poles, the new general manager of the Bears, because the offense is young. Offensive line, quarterback, running back, receiver. And if they do take the steps that everybody hopes to in Chicago, and they kept Khalil Mack, and they kept Akeem Hicks, and they kept Danny Trevathan, all these older players, because of contracts, injuries, whatever, they would have been getting rid of them two years ago. And then the defense would have been trying to catch up with the offense. Right now, this football team is all on the same plane. And so if it works, it's really going to work big. So, you know, and I know this for a fact, talking to some of the offensive coaches up there, it's going to be an offensive-friendly offense. I mean, they're going to run the ball by that, I mean, and they're going to give Justin Fields the best chance to develop one and to be successful. So we're all going to find out here about week eight if he's the guy or not. And I hope he is. As a Pittsburgh guy, I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett guy. I think I was initially, and then in college, the more I watched him, I think I don't see a ton of ceiling. He felt like a second or a third round pick. And in fact, I had a GM in the league tell me, a really good GM tell me, we have him graded as a middle third round pick, but the Steelers go ahead anyway. So you've always been a bigger Trubisky fan than I am, but I will say this. I do think Mitch Trubisky as a bridge quarterback is a damn good quarterback. He and Garoppolo are great Bridge quarterbacks. You can win a lot of games with them. I don't want to build around them. What if what if Pickett comes in and they're tied? Who do you go with? They're going to go with Pickett. I mean, I'm convinced of that. I mean, and I think that as close as I am to the Pitt program, I would say that they practice on the same fields, guys. I mean, for our viewers, we have four fields there. They walk in the same door. Pitt goes to the right. Steelers go to the left. Their offices are separated. Their weight rooms, all the facilities are separated. You go out to the practice fields. The first two fields are the Steelers. The second two fields are uh, Pitt. And my point is, they eat right there. My point is that nobody knows more about Kenny Pickett. Give Kevin Colbert, the general manager of the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin, the head coach, a little bit of credit. I think they know more than, than any of us. And uh, for them to, to like him without a doubt in their minds, and I talked to a lot of people in Pittsburgh, there was no question. This, they didn't think that he would be there. That, that's the other side of this coin. You're saying to a GM, thought he'd go in the third round? People in Pittsburgh tell me they thought that he would be gone before they picked 20th or whatever it was. And, uh, and they were going to take another quarterback, a young one. So they were excited to get him. Are you worried at all that – when they drafted him, Trubisky probably comes in. They're not paying him much, but he thinks he's a starter. What if Trubisky is better? Not significantly, yeah. but he's a little better understanding the system. Do you still go with Pickett? What's the line on that? No, I, I think that Mike Tomlin's going to go with whoever can win, and I don't think he would have a problem at all slow play in Pickett if there's a difference. And I've always said this, Colin, you know, 17 years as a head coach, the players are watching the same tape 
that you are. <laughs> okay. No, really, as a head coach. So you you might think that we're going to trick these guys and we're going to start this guy or play this guy, but really on the tape, player B is a lot better and he's making more plays and completing more passes and throwing less interceptions. The players are watching the same tape. So Mike Tomlin's got, not going to fall into that trap. He's going to play the best guy. Yeah. All right, let's go. When I bring you on, I like to talk Bears, Steelers, Dolphins, Owas. So my my prediction on Tua is this. I really like their skill people. Uh, Waddle, yeah. Cedric, Wilson. I think it's a terrific three. Mike Gusecki, Tyreek Hill, very capable backs. Um, again, nice. I think they're okay on the offensive line, not great. But they bring in Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's always been a good offense for a quarterback. It's not quarterback reliant. It's quarterback friendly. Um, yeah. Tua, I think his strength, accurate thrower. It's like Jimmy G. There's a ceiling, but Jimmy gets the ball out, and he gets it to guys, run after catch. Well, shit, that is Tyreek Hill. I think he led the NFL in like, Maybe I'm wrong on this. I read it like bubbles. 75% of his catches were not deep. They're bubble screens. They're get the ball out to him quick. Tua can absolutely activate that. I think the issue is going to be, I think Tua is going to be pretty good. I went and looked at his numbers from last year, and I said, if they improve 15%, the dilemma is going to be, oh, crap. Do we have to pay him knowing he's in the same division with Josh Allen? Because I think his yep. number, I think he's going to complete about sixty six percent. He's going to have a ninety four passer rating, a three to one touchdown interception ratio. He's not Mahomes. He's not Herbert. He's not Burrow. He's not. So right. I think what you're going to get is a very this quarterback system, Dave. It works. Christ, Garoppolo's making twenty seven large. It works. You can win a lot of games well, in this thing. No, no question. Two thoughts come to mind with with your comment, your question there. Number one, the first time, if you talk to anybody in the NFL and you say, uh, Shanahan, what's the third, first thought that comes to mind? One of the best game plan run schemer there is in the league. Yep. And, and so that's what you got to expect with the Dolphins. So their, their run game, they were 28th, I may be wrong on this, 27th, 28th, or 29th in the league rushing the football last year. They, were, they weren't very good at all. They didn't really give two of the chance that they had. And you're right. Tyreek Hill, I'm part of a group of well, 10, 15 coaches called the 33rd team. Okay? Yeah. And uh, we have Zooms and meetings, and we just talk ball, and, and we do some things. They're going to have something new going on with, uh, with our group uh, this fall. But we were, we were talking and watching tape on Tyreek Hill. And you're exactly right. He led the NFL in yards after catch. And so the point is that that fits right in. Get Perfectly. the ball on quick and, and let him run. Yep. I mean, it's, it's not, it sounds too simple for some of these geniuses. But I'll tell you what, if you come out of the Shanahan system and, and I was coaching the Dolphins and I was coaching the Bears when his dad, you know, w- was coaching the, 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 he was the offense coordinator of the 49ers and then he was the coach at Denver. And so I know the system, and uh, he's doing exactly what his dad did from the standpoint of philosophy-wise, and it, it's working. I think he's going to be a little bit like a left-handed Jimmy G. He'll get banged up. You can see the ceiling, but he'll get rid of the ball quick. He'll deliver it accurately. And in the end, the coaches will win a lot of games. You're going to win 10. I think they're going to be a 10-win team. I think Miami is a playoff team. Do you? You, know, you, can't, you can't lose sight of this. When he was struggling early, 
every week. We were all talking about it on all the shows. Uh, Deshaun Watson going to the Dolphins. Deshaun Watson being traded to the Dolphins. And two is playing horrible. All of a sudden, halfway through, the general manager down there says, that's enough. Enough talk about this. Uh, you know, this is our guy. We're, we're out of the Watson stakes. We're right. not interested anymore. And it's Tua. And his numbers, his performance, it was like night and day. Yes. So I think that now you get an offensive coach, okay, it's the first time that he's ever had a head coach that's the offensive coach. Nick Saban, right? Alabama. I think his high school uh, coach was a defensive coach. I could be I think he was. Colin, you got me again. You know, what can I say? You no, I think me. you're right. Yeah. I think his high school, 100%. Saban, Flores, I think they all were defensive coaches. So now you got the head coach putting his arm around him and the meetings, giving him some loving. Uh, boy, I, I, the, the guy, I think that could accelerate his performance uh, twofold, really. I, I really do, just because of the environment and the atmosphere that he's going to be in now as compared to the past. And the other, you know the one thing I like about Tua? When he's getting all this crap, Dave, he's really good at the microphone. He handles yep. it. He laughs at it. He rolls his eyes at it. Baker could get real snarky, real defensive, and to his left, it's all good. You know that. The last thing you want is you have to answer a question because your quarterback the day before got into an argument with the media. (laughs) Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, no question. And and I think, you know, two is the type of quarterback that you hire him in any profession. He's going to make your team or your business better. He's just got, he's, he's got that type of charisma. And I think he's got that type of mentality. All right, Ben Lieber made some news this week. He is a former linebacker for the Chargers, Vikings, and Rams. And then after the Chargers, Vikings, and Rams, uh, he got into some broadcasting, KFAN in um, broadcaster. I think that's still the Vikings flagship, also host of an unrestricted podcast. And when you're a player uh, and you move into broadcasting, uh, you always have a certain amount of legitimacy because you're behind the rope and guys like me have sources, but I'm not in those rooms. So you come out with a Kirk Cousins story, which by the way, I had reported at the end of the season. I said, I hear Zimmer and Cousins had a really chilly year. So I had a source inside kind of the ecosystem of the Vikings. And I'm not Jay Glazer here. I'm not, I'm not breaking stories every day. I'm an opinionist, but I, I've been doing this for long enough. I got people around the league and then you report it. And hell, when you report it, it's all over the news. So <laughs> did you think to yourself, okay, I, I didn't think it was going to become this. That's exactly what I thought. I, I threw out a comment, you know, about, their relationship and it just didn't seem like it was ever the way I thought a head coach and a quarterback should interact. And it wasn't, it wasn't new news. You know, we've been talking about that locally now here for really probably the last two seasons. Um, I think it really came to a head during training camp um, when Kirk and others, and that's the thing, there are others on the team that decided not to get vaccinated, but it was like Kirk was being singled out. You could see the disdain that Zimmer had towards the situation. And then we hear reports that Kirk had to go to Zim during the season and say, hey, let's meet. You know, we've never done that before. Let's have a weekly meeting. Let's just talk ball. We're not going to talk about personal lives. You don't have to be my best friend. Let's just talk ball. I want to I hear from a defensive genius about 
what we're doing offensively because they have a they had a green new offensive coordinator, right? So we hear all that, and and just like you, you start putting the pieces together after a couple of years and a couple of seasons, and it just didn't seem like Zim liked the guy at all. So I make a, a very benign comment. Um, talk about how the defense now, maybe the word crap was a little bit of a strong term, but the defense the last couple of years, look, it's not Zim's fault, but it wasn't very good. Right. It just frankly wasn't very good. So I make those very innocent comments and all of a sudden uh, it's being picked up by a lot of different places. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, this is just, this is news that we talk about every day here at the fan. Well, you're a former player. You're in the room. You're observant. You're bright, obviously. Uh, my people say you're a very talented guy. So, you know, that I always say Mamba mentality, you know, Kobe, the late Kobe Bryant used to always say they don't hate the good players. They hate the great one. Embrace the hate. I would also say that about embrace when you make news, because if you didn't have validity in your community, then nobody would listen to you. So when, when players that's true. feel like they get in hot water, my takeaway is no, bro, that's because you got information and people respect what you're saying. And you know what's interesting about this, Ben, and I've, I've talked about this in the last year. Belichick struggled with Brady at the end. Pete Carroll struggled. Mike Zimmer struggled. Brian Flores struggled with his quarterback. And my theory is culturally we have a change, Ben, in the NFL. The game is now so offensive leaning. Quarterbacks are mm -hmm. making like Real Madrid LeBron money. Um, yeah. They have more power in the league. Um, I mean, guys now are demanding to get out Stafford and getting the jobs they want. And they want to be respected more. And Kirk Cousins deserves some respect. He's a darn good quarterback. And I think a lot of these defensive guys, Belichick, Carroll, Flores, Zimmer, Fangio, they are struggling with a bit of the cultural change and significant of the other side of the ball. And that's my tip. Ben, I could be off my rocker, but it's yeah. weird. Yeah. All these quarterback issues feel like they're defensive coaches, quarterback issues. Yeah, I can understand how you could you could draw that conclusion. And let me just say this for the record, you know, I had some comments, you know, which why do you read comments? But it was as if I had something against Mike Zimmer. I have nothing against Mike Zimmer. You know, it, it, the reason, you know, the reasons why the defense wasn't very good is not because of Mike Zimmer. Actually, he probably saved them from being the absolute worst in the league. There was a lot of issues. There were injuries everywhere. Um Guys just didn't perform to their level that, that we expected them to. So let me just put it out. This, this, those comments had nothing to do with Mike Zimmer because I, yes, I, I'm embracing the, the, the attention, but I also value relationships. And I don't want it to be out there that, uh, that there was ever anything with Mike Zimmer and I. So to go back to your, your, your observation, though, about defensive head coaches and quarterbacks, I can only say this about Kirk Cousins. We get it. We get that Kirk is a dork. I, I mean, the thing that I appreciate about him, though, is he embraces it. He embraces the fact that he's a little nerdy. He's a little dorky. Um, he can be a little stale at times. But you have to respect the fact that he's a really good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he makes throws every game that even the critics would have to look at them, themselves and say, that was a hell of a throw. Like, that was... That was a big boy throw. That's, that was an NFL type of throw. Um, I think a lot of these defensive head coaches are looking for personality. They're looking for Brett Favre's. Those guys don't exist in every draft. They don't exist everywhere. 
but they have this idea that we have to have this dog in our as our quarterback. We don't. We can care less about maybe the the acumen and how well they can throw because as a defensive head coach, I trust our defense. I'm trusting our guys to win us games. So hand the ball off, make some play action throws, be be a great guy, locker room guy that is like that Brett Favre type of guy. I think that they just want too much. Um, that's not the way personalities are built. And he's one of those guys that's, he's a little dorky. You know, uh, a guy who's not dorky but has issues I've criticized is Aaron Rodgers. Now, I have the Vikings winning the division this year because I do think um, with a new offensive coach, from the McVeigh system, Kirk will feel supported. I said it on the air this week. Any of us had a boss that we thought didn't trust us, it would affect performance. It'd be in your head. And I thought in big games last year, um, there were times it was in Kirk's head. Who, by the way, we don't know if he'll ever be a great big game quarterback. But I thought the last two years, it really got in his head. And I do think Zimmer's part of that. And I like Zimmer, too. But now he gets an offensive guy. Their personnel's great. The running back, tight ends, receivers, their O-line's better. They got an edge rusher I like. They're going to be fine. They're going to score points. I don't think the division's as good. But I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers because I'm seen as kind of uh, anti-Aaron Rodgers guy, which I'm not. First ballot Hall of Famer, unbelievable. My knock has always been he's got a trust issue. I've seen it from family to receivers. He's not a foxhole guy. Great with a lead, but I always thought Matt Stafford better behind is that there's certain guys in this sport, they are freaking foxhole guys. Matt Stafford is a foxhole guy. Uh, Joey Burrow, you can see. And then there's our guys, they're pretty. Good with the lead. Don't think they're there for me if things go. And that's always been my knock on Aaron Rodgers. And there's some, there is some data, Ben, that suggests I'm not that wrong. So I'm not, Aaron, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm a critic, but I don't have disdain for him. That said, Vikings have played him well. Kirk's played mm-hmm. them well. I think they've got better personnel this year than Green Bay. Am I nuts? No, you're, I don't think that you're nuts at all. And I think that you look at the way it's going to shape out playing those guys this year. We open the season with Green Bay. And what a great opportunity when they have – they lose Devontae Adams. You know, they, they all think that Christian Watson is going to be the guy. But can you expect him to have a Justin Jefferson type of rookie year? I don't think so. No you way. Know, moving from North Dakota State – to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and the NFC and the NFL. I just don't, I don't, my money's on the fact that he's not going to be a Justin Jefferson type of receiver in year one. That being said, what do they really have? I mean, obviously they're going to test us with the run game, which the Vikings run game has not been very good the last couple of years. I think that's going to be better, but you know, Zedarius is here. He'll give us a little Intel. I mean, I think that's also one of those things where (laughs) a lot of media says like, Oh, they have so-and-so they're going to get the breakdown during the week. I've seen some breakdowns of former players that used to be on other teams. They're terrible. They're awful. (laughs) They're no better than the scouting report that we get anyway from the coaches and the advanced scouts. So um, I just think that there's familiarity with, with them that is advantageous to the Vikings. And I agree that for the most part, you look across the board, they're every bit as talented um, I think that they're going to be up and running as an offense quicker than their receiver core and their offense is going to be with Aaron Rodgers, even though they've been in the system a little bit longer. So uh, when it comes to just who's going to win the NFC North, I'm really bullish on how the Vikings look. The, the Vikings now have a new coach. They call him the tall Sean McVay. And McVay's putting together a pretty darn impressive tree. Yeah. And so... 
I haven't heard much about Kevin. I don't know him. I saw him on the sidelines. Tell us about him. What are you hearing? What do you guys know about him? What's the offense going to look like? Well, that's, I think the biggest question is, is what is the offense going to look like? And, you know, every disciple of any sort of offensive minded head coach or defensive minded head coach, they always have differences in how they see things and, and differences in approach and differences in maybe how they can exploit a defense or an offense. So it's not going to be as easy just to go back and look at what Stafford and the Rams did this last couple of years. I mean, there's going to, it's going to look very similar, but what is, what is that 10 or 15% difference? Because everybody's going to want to put their own personality and mark on something. They want to try something a little bit different and everything changes with personnel. You know, there are some things maybe that Dalvin Cook could can do that maybe the other running backs couldn't do. You know, same thing with the wide wide receiver cores, same thing with the offensive line. This is an offensive line. And you mentioned off the top of the, the podcast that is getting better. I mean, that's been one of our Achilles heels on offense the last couple of years. And I think that they've made the right steps uh, to solidify that offensive line. But again, all different pieces, all different skill sets. We know, we do know based off of OTAs and mini camps, we're going to see a lot more of a receiving Dalvin Cook. He's going to be either split out as a weapon. He's, he is going to be flared out. There's going to be screen passes. There's going to be, um, you know, choice routes, F angles in the middle of the field. That's going to re- really take advantage of his quickness and his open field ability. Um, and I think that's a plus. I think every game that we walked into last year, we talked as a, as an analyst group. Well, what can be an X factor for this game? In every game, you could say Dalvin Cook's receiving yards because we know what we have in Thielen. We know what we have in Justin Jefferson. If he can be the X factor and be a third down possession guy or a guy that can, you know, break one off, that can be the X factor. I think we're going to finally see the X factor be a real part of this offense on a weekly basis. Um, as far as personality goes, he's chill. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what yeah. else to say. I mean, he's sort of the anti Mike Zimmer, you know, I, he's always smiling. Um, he seems to always be very thoughtful in his answers. Um, you know, I, I think he gives you enough information without like oversharing. I don't think anybody's looking for a guy that's going to give you the, the most honest answer all the time, but I feel like there's transparency, there's communication, there's collaboration with Quasi. Um, he just seems like a guy that the, that the players can really relate to. And I, I, th- I do think that's important. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. 
or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlanSport.com. That's ProPlanSport.com. Well, timing is really important in life. Location in real estate matters and timing when you write a book matters. (laughs) And Alan Shipnuck is a golf writer, 25 years at Sports Illustrated. He writes a book on Phil Mickelson. By the way, great book. Phil, the rip-roaring and unauthorized biography of golf's most colorful superstar. And then he decides to join the Live Tour (laughs) and becomes this controversial figure. You know, after reading your book, And I guess I never gave this thought. If you had told me there's two golfers that would have joined it, I would have guessed Greg Norman, who verbalized his frustration with the PGA Tour for years, and Phil, who's sort of an audacious eater and gambler and liver. And it's like, I'm not surprised by it. Were you shocked by either? No, it's interesting because Phil and Greg have never been close, but they are definitely kindred spirits. I mean, they they played the game the same way, which is aggressive to the point of reckless. It's kind of how they've lived their lives. And so yeah. it almost seems like it's in the stars that they would come together at this very complicated moment for professional golf. And uh, it checks out. I mean, it's interesting that the players who have gone over to live, by and large, fit a personality type. I mean, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. Like, yes. I'm trying to think of a, a polite term for that personality, but I mean, spiky, um, maybe. Um, and, and so it, the, the league is sort of forming in, in Norman's image in a lot of ways. I mean, he's always stirred the pot. He's always been controversial in some quarters. He's still, he's a pariah really. And so it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating how, how, th- how this has played out. And, it's changed a little bit, you know, the addition of the most recently of Charles Howell and Henrik Stenson. That's actually important for Liv because everyone likes those guys. They're like nice people. <laughs> right. I, they, they need to start recruiting some choir boys because, you know, Pat Perez, Jason Kokrak, like again, these guys all, these are, they're a very particular personality type. And so it's interesting if you're, if you're trying to win hearts and minds, you have to have players that, that people like and they want to cheer for. So um, it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch how this all plays out. 
Well, I've, I've talked about this with friends, Dana White, Vince McMahon. If you look, look at some of the great brand builders in MySpace, Dana White, we're going to go fight right in the middle of COVID. That's his personality. He's hyper aggressive. Um, you know, Vince McMahon has fought the critics forever. And I think you're onto something that the live tour knew it was going to take people, if not contrarian, that are kind of alpha. <laughs> but, you know, here's what's interesting to me, Alan, is there, you know, there's pearl clutching over sports gambling. And then what generally happens, a wave of people accept it. And then we all kind of take a deep breath and go, yeah. So now Charles Barkley's name is out there. And I look at golfers, Alan, and I, I think to myself, well, they play golf since they're kids by themselves. A caddy is really just an employee. They're not teammates, right? Um, they're not part of really a collective. They're always based on their score, uh, independent contractors. And I think to myself, this was inevitable that this is the sport of solo artists. Wasn't this inevitable at some point? If it wasn't, if it wasn't Saudi Arabia, Alan, it's Amazon, it's Exxon, it's Apple. It's somebody looking at the PGA and thinking, you're very vulnerable. You're just an organizing group. This was going to happen, wasn't it? Well, and it almost did in the early 90s. And that was Fox money. You know, that was that was Norman's buddy, Rupert Murdoch, who proposed uh, the two of them came up with this this world golf tour. And it was a very viable competitor to the PGA tour. But um they didn't quite have the long money that the Saudis do. And Norman got outfoxed by a very cagey PJ tour commissioner and Tim Fincham, who was a lawyer and a political operative. And uh, this time the scales are a little different. Norman has more money and the current PJ tour commissioner, Jay Monahan doesn't have the same sensibilities as, as his predecessor. And so um, they, they've, they've gotten purchase on this, but yeah, it's, you're right. I mean, the, the tour, because it's been a monopoly on big time golf in the US, um, the it had grown complacent and the product had become stale. I mean, the golf courses they choose, they've gone away from a lot of traditional venues in favor of these TPCs, which some are okay, but it doesn't exactly stir the soul when you see the initials TPC in front of a golf course name. And you know, the style of play has become very one-dimensional. It's sort of analogous to baseball where it's a home run or a strikeout and that's it. I mean, the, there's, there, the power game has become so emphasized on the PGA Tour that the, the shot making, the finesse, the artistry, even some of the, the, uh, the cerebral aspects of the game have been de-emphasized and it's just a more boring product. So, and then you have the players, um, you know, they've, um, they, their relationship with the press has evolved where they, they all want to monetize their, their content. And they saw how Tiger signed this deal and Rory McIlroy signed this deal. And so they become more remote figures. Um, they're not, it's, it's harder if, 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 as reporters, if we can't tell their story and get people to care, um, that's a problem. You know, that there's a reason that, that, you know, at the Olympics, we watch all these vignettes because you have to have a, a rooting interest and the players have gotten more, more remote in golf. It hasn't served their interests. And so, um, there, there's a lot of things that have come together here that they did, as you say, make, make the tour vulnerable. And the, the, the complicating factor of course, is the Saudi money, because that is, that causes a lot of, uh, emotion and a lot of cognitive dissonance for people. And so that that's why we're having all these conversations. But from a pure competition standpoint, you're, you're absolutely right. The tour needed competition and now it's arrived in spades. 
Yeah, um, you know, I, I I was contacted by Greg Norman's people the other day, and I'm interested in looking at it. And I I I think, for instance, broadcast television was vulnerable, and that really elicited a strong push by cable. Cable television's vulnerable. Here comes Netflix. And so the key is the Pac-12 is vulnerable. Here comes the Big Ten. The Big 12 is vulnerable. Here comes the SEC. The key is to not make yourself vulnerable. But some of this, let me defend the PGA, is just timing. I don't believe if Tiger Woods was in his 30s and crushing, regardless of money, Alan, Liv would not be as attractive. There was a certain panache and sex appeal that Tiger gave the tour. I mean, it was like Sopranos. I set my clock to Sunday. And I think as Tiger has become less relevant and Phil has aged, those were the two rock stars, in my opinion, after Greg Norman. I, I had a Greg Norman. I had six Greg Norman golf shirts. I mean, he, <laughs> I'm serious. And I'm not a golf shirt wearer or great golfer. But Greg was a rock star. And then here comes Tiger and Phil, rock stars. As they've diminished in relevance in a fragmented sports world, there's a, it's hard to grab onto the sport, Alan, for me. It's if I still root for Phil to be viable sick a year ago, for him to be viable on Sunday made my weekend. I don't feel I like Brooks Kepka, but I don't feel that way. Right. Yeah, there's I mean, for a decade or more, there's been hand wringing about what is golf going to look like in the post-Tiger, post-Phil era? Right. This has been an issue that's been thought about and talked about for a long time. And to some degree, we can't get past them because like, you know, Tiger hijacked the narrative at the Open Championship just last week. Phil remains one of the biggest stories in golf, even though he's not really playing that well. So, they're, they're still... It's kind of the death rattle of their, their relevance, right. but they can't go on forever. And, and then, as you say, you lose a lot of juice. You lose a lot of casual fans. And so... Uh, what I think what, what Norman identified is that, you know, golf has changed. I think 4 million people tried the sport for the first time last year, and it wasn't on a golf course. It was at a five iron golf indoor facility. Wow. It was a, at a top golf, um, or it was, you know, any like a, a little par three course and people are coming to the game in non-traditional ways. And so what live golf is trying to do is, is capitalize on these fans who, as you say, they don't, they don't have these long rooting allegiances and they, they just want to experience the sport and their, their, their panties are not in a twist about a shotgun star or 54 holes versus 72. They just, it's not that big a deal to them. And so um, I, I think that live is, you know, it's a classic disruptor along the lines of some of those, those models that you discussed. And again, the Saudi money makes it complicated uh, from a moral slash ethical slash geopolitical standpoint. But uh, just as a, if you can separate that and compartmentalize that, it's pretty incredible what Live Golf has built in a short period of time. I mean, no one would ever imagine they'd have this many Hall of Famers, major championship winners, and relevant golfers uh, that they have in such a short period of time. And there's more coming. I mean, the Open Championship, I was just in St. Andrews, and the, the conversation was the air was alive with talk about this deal and that deal <laughs> and who's next and what's the number. And they're, they're, they're still going to land a few whales. And so, uh, they, you know, very quickly live has reshaped the whole landscape of professional golf. Years ago, Oliver Stone made Wall Street. He did not mean to make Gordon Gecko a sympathetic figure, but he did. 
right. that all these young traders wanted to be Gordon Gecko, <laughs> not Bud Fox, right? And as I read the Phil book, I'm thinking, do I, do I like him more? He's so <laughs> flawed, a bit of a mess, so absurdly confident, at times obnoxious, at times deeply caring and, and thoughtful of others. That as I watched that, I thought, not in any way that you were trying to be like Oliver Stone and create an unsympathetic character. But as you were writing it, did you think to yourself at any point, oh boy, <laughs> this could be punitive. This is damaging. Or did you think, I think when you get the whole enchilada, you kind of, you like it more. Because at the end of your book, I had mixed vibes. At times I thought he's kind of a mess. And then I'm like, it's just part of Phil. It's who he is. Yeah. Well, that, that, was, that was my intention is I tried very hard not to legislate people's emotions and feelings towards Phil. I, I didn't come in with an agenda and try and, and push this idea that feels good or feels bad. I, because in some ways, he's both. Like He's, he's very complex and right. uh, he's very multifaceted. So I just wanted to put it all out there and let each reader take from it what they will. And it's been fascinating to hear the reactions because... I've had people say, I was never a Phil fan and I've read it and I love the guy now for, despite his flaws. And he's lost some fans because the, there was things in the book that they found objectionable. And there's, there's people who are very ambivalent, you know, they're, they're torn. They're like, well, I love him and I hate him. And, and so I, I think that maybe I did my job because he's not a cardboard cutout. He's, he's not, he's not no. two dimensional. And um, so, yeah, I, I, to your question, I was I was careful. Like I was always trying to bring it back when when there's great stuff about his philanthropy and it makes you want to hug the guy. Then it's like, all right, well, let's let's sprinkle in a little spice here. And then when there <laughs> when there's things that you know that are controversial and, and people might not like, you know, might not appreciate. I'm okay. Let let's talk about his mentorship and his his philanthropy. And so I was always trying to kind of toggle between the, the the two the two extremes so that was sort of an editorial decision but ultimately it's just how phil's lived his life i mean he's done a lot of great things and he's, he's touched a lot of people and he's been a part of a lot of controversy a lot of mess and it's just it's all in there it's one of my favorite golf books because you're not judgmental uh, you're an observer and a reporter and i think toggle's a perfect word it, there there is a um you know, the roller coaster effect where it's like, oh, this is a lot. And then there's, you get that brief, oh, what a, what a thoughtful ride this is. <laughs> and, um, his diet, um, is not surprising. I take people to, I mean, he's, I have somebody in my life who has a little bit of this personality, which is everything is big. The opinions are big. The gambling's big. Let me ask you this. Was, was the decision to join live? an economic necessity at any point do you believe i mean he's made well into hundreds of millions but then i read about his gambling losses and remember he can make a hundred million but in california you get 50 if you lose right. 50 million you lost a hundred million do you That's believe right. alan uh, there's some economic necessity here yeah i think there was some uh, e economic motivation i mean it it was interesting because after the book came out, Phil started using the word addiction in, in regards to his gambling. He'd never said that. And I think that that was a powerful statement. Um, and again, with Phil, you never know. Like 
is, is part of that, is he worried about this Billy Walters book that's coming and Billy really knows about Phil's gambling and by couching yourself in the terms of addiction, is that making you more sympathetic? So come what may, you can say, well, I had a problem. I've addressed it. I've moved on. Or was it a very sincere, you know, opening of the soul and, and trying to reach out to people who may have had their own issues and let them know that he's with them and, and he's been through it as well. I mean, you never know with Phil. It's, it, he's, he's such a um, personality test that how you take that. But the, the fact is for him to say that was powerful. And it tells you that it was a huge force in his life and it was a destructive force. And um, he claims that he's, you know, Phil can always make money. So whatever, whatever his problems were, and even if he was starting at scratch as of a year ago, the PGA championship victory and the bonuses and, and now the, the live money, he should be on easy street. But, you know, he said that he was candid that it's something he still has to work on. He's going to work on for the rest of his life. So it's, that that temptation is always there. We all have addicts in our life and we know the the struggle that they, they deal with. And so um, I think Phil's okay, but I think there was a time when it was very tenuous and that's probably what, what forced him to seek help. The Volume. Make sure to check out the Draymond Green Show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure download the Draymond Green Show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.